What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, The Misplaced American. I'm your host, Justin White. I want to give a shout out to all the people listening. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, thanks for listening. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Uh, shout out to all the NHS workers and all the stay-at-home parents, <laughs> pretty much anyone, you know, just in an uncomfortable situation. Uh, shout out to everyone. Uh, I have a really, really different episode this week. Um, a buddy of mine from, well, from America, but we met in the military, who lives in Germany currently. Uh, he, he actually just uh, survived his encounter with the COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Uh, he tells a story about that a little bit during the podcast, and uh, we kind of just catch up. You know, about our lives, talking about becoming veterans and how the military life was. Uh, it's really, really interesting, really in-depth. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, sit back, relax, and, yeah, subscribe to both. I'll have his details in the uh, bio. His name is uh, John Cruz. And I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. I've been living in the U.K. for about, I want to say, three years now. And I love it here. So, um, introduce yourself. I'm John Cruz. I'm currently living in Germany. I've been in the Air Force for eight and a half years. I'm going to be transitioning out of active duty and into the reserves next year in June of 2021. Justin and I actually met in Aviano, my first base, <laughs> our first base. So that was what yeah. back in what was I, I joined in 2011. So I think I got there in December 2011. So I'm not okay. sure when you yeah, got there. Yeah, I think I was around the same time frame too. Because you were Is one that, of my first friends. I, I think. Yeah. We, when did we, we met, met it, yep. in. F, not F, not F, is it FTAC? I think it was FTAC, man. Because it was you and a, I was in with essentially all the cops. It was like me, two crew chiefs, and then the rest were all cops. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think yeah. it was FTAC. Yeah, it might have <laughs> been. And then, yeah, <laughs> Aviano yeah. was, yeah. Because that's how we met. And then, because I remember you being all about wanting to travel all the time. And at, at the time, I don't think I was big into travel. I was super shy. And uh, all my friends were all travelers. I think, because I think you were friends with, King, were you friends with King? King and Passion? I remember Passion, yeah. Yeah, because I remember they were traveling before I was and snowboarding and Stoiner and all of them were all snowboarding and things before I was. Okay. But yeah. Uh, yeah how do you like living in Germany? Dude, I, I've loved it so far. I mean, I've been here about four years now. I'm going to be going hitting five this August. We got here in August of 2000 and I think it was 16, man. Time is just flying like that. Uh, the only I'd say my dislikes about this area is the weather. As you know, in the UK, it's we're pretty close by, so yeah, it's, it's always raining here. The sun's never out except in the summertime or now. And I'm from California originally, so <laughs> I'm so used to being in the sunlight, wearing shorts, you know, Hawaiian shirt, tank top, just chilling. And then over here, I'm always wearing I have to wear layers, and I'm always getting sick over here too. So wait, have you <laughs> since Aviano just stayed overseas? Yeah. So my first place was in Italy. And then in Sri Lanka, Turkey, and then here. So I've been overseas my whole time. So you sound similar to me. I left Aviano and then went straight to Guam, which is, I guess, considered America, but it's like a territory. Uh, went to Guam, and then I, except I spent one year in South Carolina. That's when I separated from the military. And then I <laughs> got out of the military like that, that year and then came back overseas and living in the UK since 20. 17 because i got out yeah 2017 i got out and then moved on oh, so that's when you got out it's in 2017 yep and okay I don't regret it 
one bit. I hear, I, I hear that a lot. <laughs> uh, to those all viewing this video and podcast, uh, the purposes of this video, uh, we're going to be discussing our sto- our stories of what our career was like in the Air Force, what our transition out was, and what we're doing now, what Justin started with his podcast, his brand, and then what some of the processes like were like for him with his uh transition out and then obviously VA disability, what that process was like, and then what his mindset was going into starting his own brand. And we're both similar with our, with our entrepreneur mindsets, wanting to make something better for ourselves and leave a lasting impression on this earth and society and just make a name for ourselves. And that I think for me too, that's what the main reason I want to get out of the military is to be able to do something more and not just be, you know, clocking in from nine to five, but in my case, you know, shift work. But yeah, that's the main goal of this video today and podcast. And so if any of y'all have any questions, make sure you comment below and hit the like button on both our, our channels and on this video. And then also subscribe to both of our channels and hit the notification bell so you guys don't miss out on any future videos or podcasts. And with that being said, um, I wanted to ask you too, what was your transition like when you got out of the military back in 2017? So I use the word culture shock a lot in my podcast, mainly because I like to travel, talk about travel a lot. But uh, I guess you can use the word culture shock in, in in this aspect because I went from every single day of my life for six years being told what to do, when to wake up, what to wear, <laughs> when to be at a place, how to be at a place, uh, who was coming. So you have to act a certain way. I went from such a strict structure to mm-hmm. <laughs> literally overnight, all right, go be free and do what you want to do. And (laughs) (laughs) it's in like, I guess for people who've never been in the military, you think, Oh, that sounds great. But people who've been in like their majority of their, well, not a majority, but a section, like a whole section of your life where you don't have to think. And now you're put in a position where you, (laughs) you have to figure things out on your own. It is kind of scary. Luckily uh, you can go through a class called, it's called taps. I believe you go through transition, uh, and they tell you everything, you know, when you get out, if you're a master sergeant or whatever rank you are in the military, get used to someone younger than you calling you man or what's up, bro, <laughs> rather than hearing yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and stuff like that. And I remember my biggest thing they told me in the class was make sure you utilize the VA benefits. And I, so me getting out, I always heard about people saying the VA is crap. You're going to get out of the military. You're going to struggle. And I remember I had one NCO my flight chief who, and I'll never forget him telling me this. He told me me getting out of the military and trying to pursue anything other than like my job in the military is a waste of time. And I'm probably not going to make it. Oh, wow. That's, that's a toxic <laughs> leader. And wow. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. Well, cause I'm, cause you're, are you still security forces? Yeah, I am. I'm still a security force right now. So you, you've also encountered your uh, fair share of, I guess the term I can use is, uh, misery loves company so a lot of miserable people trying to constantly bring you down because what you're doing is so different from what everyone else is doing and you you seem to make try to make yourself happy so they're not happy about it because you're not as miserable as they are oh yeah so i I encountered a lot of that and that was the last like my last deciding factor was him telling me you know you getting out of the military is a bad choice and you're not gonna make it i was like oh that is okay and but getting out was probably the best like it it just flowed so smoothly. Like one thing after the other was just like unfolding in front of me. Like I had a place to stay. Um, I'll say I was married, but um, I, when I, did you get married? My wife. I got married in 2016. Oh, okay. And 
You met her when yeah. you were stationed in the UK? Yeah, stationed in uh, uh, Guam, actually. Guam, okay. How, what assignments were you at? So, How long were you in the military? Aviano for two years, Guam for two years. Wait, yeah, because I was in tech school. My tech school was almost like six months long. So I would say, yeah, Aviano for a little over two years, Guam for two years, and I finished in South Carolina. So I did a total of six years. Okay. And, and yeah, I finished in South Carolina, and I finished in Honor Guard, actually, because <laughs> I didn't oh, wow. I didn't want to be a crew chief anymore. I couldn't take this. I couldn't stay in the idea of. So you were a crew chief when you were yeah, in? F sixteen okay. crew chief, and I. It is definitely not the like I said. If you know, you're security forces, so you know the hours. Yeah, well, I they think say, we work hand in hand all the time. Yeah, with all those operations. They, you know, <laughs> they tell you, you know, your hour is going to be this to this, but you know the you have to be there early and you have to leave late because you make sure everything's done. So mm. you you come in for an eight to nine shift, uh, eight nine hour shift, and leave thirteen hours later. You know. Yep. Oh, and by the way, you're on standby, and no, you can't drink alcohol either. <laughs> that was Aviano, from what I remember. Oh, I remember you Even guys had Aviano, a... they had a board in the front of the in front of the gate, time since last DUI or alcohol related incident in front of Aviano's main gate. I oh that. yeah, wow. it was so I, bad there. I just remember being in the dorms in Aviano and always seeing. I can't. I think it was called Thirty for Thirty or something like that. Yeah, and yeah, yep. <laughs> you, just, you, you hear an alarm go off and you just see security forces in like boxers or like t-shirts and like battle <laughs> rattle just running across the field. And yep. we would just sit up, we just sit outside with our beer at like five o'clock in the afternoon watching these guys, security forces run across the field half naked and like helmets. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we had some good times in Aviano though, man. We traveled a lot. I remember we went to Florence. I remember that was, I think that was I, one of our I, last I couldn't remember what, I, I thought it was Milan, but it was Florence because it was yeah. snowing. And I think your friend Kyle was driving because I didn't know how to drive in the snow. Was it Kyle? I think his name was Kyle. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And it was. I remember being. It was blinding snow, and we, and like he's like he's like oh, I'm used to this, and he's like flying down the road. You can't see the lines on the road. You can't see anything in front of us. And we somehow make it to Florence, like eight hours later. It seemed, it seemed I, like I remember it was super windy too. And and for those of you who have never been to Italy, the roads there are really bad. It's there, I think the roads are actually made out of like seashells or whatever. Yeah, it's coral, coral or something, because it's more affordable or it's cheaper to make the roads with. Yeah, so. and <laughs> I think everyone we knew combined has been in a car accident in Italy. And when I was there, I even got in a car accident. Mm -hmm. And uh, insurance rates were crazy in Italy. And but yet you still saw those brand new airmen going to the the new car sales lot buying a brand new Mustang with a twenty percent APR. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 but that's Air Force. I mean, that's military culture. You know, you join the military. I'm locked in for X amount of years and I may as well, I may as well get a, a nice car out of it. I never did because I unfortunately was never blessed enough for deployment. Uh, every base I went to was they either just got back from one or they were about to go on one. So I couldn't. And then that was I, me I, too. I've, I've I started window every single time. And I miss, I'm so angry because I, I feel like my military experience was not complete because I can never say I deployed to X locations. I've been TDY. Uh, for mm. people who don't know, I guess TDY is like kind of like a mini deployment, I guess, in an easy way to describe it. I've been TDY a lot. Like I've been all over the world, Africa, Poland, uh, even TDY to South Carolina, Fort Jackson, Army base. And I just never deployed. I, I've, I've always wanted to go to like Afghanistan, Iraq. Uh, At least once, you know, or twice. Yeah. Just oh, so, so have experience. you never been? I've never, never been, been deployed either because I've been at, you know, PL1 bases my whole career, except the base I'm at now, it's not a... It's not a high security tempo, um, but yeah, I've never gotten the chance to deploy. So I'm looking at my my counter. I forgot what what it's called, but the 
the counter for when you're deploying and mine oh is yeah like you're, super... you're, you're it you're banned or something like that you're yeah mine is so high IT. right now <laughs> well, the the name just slipped my head right now but yeah it's just it's super it's like in the the triple digits or more already <laughs> so how do you like being in security forces like how's that like i know you you were all when i first met you you were super gung-ho about it like you everything i saw was like your guns and your patches and like you were the guys like yeah he's going to be the guy who love security forces and makes it all 20 years as a as security force. <laughs> That's what everyone always says. <laughs> uh, but I mean, as it even goes back to my, the first YouTube channel I had, I mean, I, I was super gung-ho. I still have that passion and drive now, but it's not like when I first came in, obviously. I just, that, but that just comes with the territory and the experience yeah. of being in the military for so long. But to answer your question, I mean, I, I'm not one of those gung-ho like, yeah, security forces. I mean, I, I love the career field, what it's done for me, how much it's changed me, how much of a leader it's made me in a, a better person in general it's really defined who i am today and i don't think i would be the person i am today if i didn't join this career field uh, but as far as me having the passion for the job i do not have a, the passion for this the job that i'm in and that's the main reason too why i want to get out of active duty i'm going to be going in the reserves so i'll still be serving okay. but it's only one one month out of the year so it's an ima position but yeah so that i i want to find something that I'm passionate about and love doing. And for me, that's videography. And I also want to get into real estate. And for me, like when I'm doing videography, when I'm editing videos, when I'm planning shoots, it does not feel like work. So I'm sure like the same with you when you're shooting these podcasts, uh, interviews, it does not feel like work. I can be up for 12 hours editing. It's fun for me, you know? So yeah. that, that's something I want to like, have, you know? Yeah. Sitting in bed with like with your headphones on like, and like, because since I've been here in the UK, I've, I've, I've encountered a lot of creatives. And the one, like I'll sit in bed, like writing, uh, like writing a script, uh, something I'm planning for the future, uh, planning a book, writing a book I'm trying to do, this podcast. And next thing you know, I'm up to like one o'clock in the morning, just reading stuff or like learning how to do things. And I didn't realize I was up so late. And everyone, or I wake up super early, or I wake up at two in the morning with an idea and I grab my phone, I start typing this idea before I go back to bed. And I never understood that when I was prior to creating things, I'd always thought it was weird. People said, oh, keep your notepad next to your bed because, uh, you know, creatives don't sleep. And I was like, that's crazy. I love my sleep. But now it's like the idea of sleeping through an idea and then possibly losing that great idea, like, scares me. So yep. I constantly keep something ready to write something down next to my bed, to, you know? To capture it down. Because that's true. I mean, as, as creators, you have this great idea. And if you don't write it down, you might forget it. I mean, I find myself like, Oh, where's my phone at? I'll be like, oh, I put my phone somewhere and I can't find it now. Yeah. That, yeah, that's I, I definitely agree with you on that. And with that, like, what made you want to start this channel, the misplaced American? What does this mean is exactly? What's the mission behind it or vision? So initially uh, I started it because my, one of my best friends, she my best friends here, she always you know tells me, listen to podcasts, listen to podcasts. And I'm the kind of person who I only listen to music in the car. And I, the thought of people talking was like weird to me. So I was like, you know what, I'm start listening to podcasts. So I, I came across the Joe Budden podcast and I love hip hop. It's a hip hop podcast. And this, but it was so much more than just hip hop. And he talked about uh, his life. He talked about, uh, you know, current events. And I was like, this is really interesting. And so I told my, so I, all my British friends, I sit around and I talk and they're like, man, you should like do a radio show. You know, you should do a podcast. You know, you're so interesting. Your voice is so cool to listen to. And, so you know what you're right <laughs> i'm gonna try this and i initially started it because you know it's called the misplaced american because everyone loved hearing my travel stories you know uh for people who don't know me i <laughs> maybe 20 countries you know i I, wow. I love i love traveling and 
like if, if I if I wasn't traveling every three to six months, you know, I felt I felt out of place. You know, I felt like I didn't belong somewhere, and I've always wanted to be the new person. So mm. even when I was younger, you know, I didn't really fit in as well because I always had this like different mindset than people around me. You know, I always had to keep moving. So <clears throat> excuse me. So I guess it's called the misplaced American because I I feel more myself being not in a in a normal state i guess i guess a, a steady environment or like a you like being in an uncomfortable situation yeah, or something i'm new. very comfortable being uncomfortable like but a like chameleon I, almost so you can adapt yeah. to the environment and it makes me feel good like i love being able to be thrown into you know like throw me throw me to the wolves i love it like let me adapt like throw me somewhere where i don't know anyone and i will i can't i can almost guarantee you i'll make friends you know, or I'll make myself at home. And I love that. So, you know, the podcast is about that. You know, it's about talking to people, you know, from across the world. I have friends literally in every country. And I just, <laughs> I just talk to them. You know, right now it's Zoom, it's Zoom calls, uh, unfortunately, because of the, you know, coronavirus going on, the lockdowns. But, you know, I have friends who I talk to about, you know, uh, from writing books to actors, uh, to travelers. I have friends who, <laughs> who are professional wrestlers you know so it's what it is it's, it's about like it's me talking about traveling visiting people uh my 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 life my you know situations i've encountered with racism or situations i've encountered with life which is not feeling like i belong so it's kind of where the name came from i see <laughs> yeah, long, and when, when did you start it march 13. so my birthday was march 13th the lockdown started so I would say like March 17th-ish, like okay. so mid-March, right on, right on, because for, for my birthday, I bought myself podcast equipment. I'm like, I'm going I'm to buy two mics and a, like a camera stand and all this stuff, and I'm going to do it. And yeah, I just, I'm not the kind of person who like kind of half-asses anything, excuse my language. If you Go know. all in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. So... <laughs> I think it speaks so character too, because I'm the same way too. Like when I when I work on something and you're putting your name on it, you're branding it as your something, a product you're making. You want it to be the best thing, too. Right. So, uh, so, so you started in March, so that was like a couple months ago then. Yeah, and I try to put an episode out every week, uh, wow. just because just because I, I'm all about consistency. And all of my favorite podcasts, I get really angry if they miss a week. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I'll listen yeah. and I get I, I take it personally. You know, I'm like I'm like wow, how dare you not put out another episode I, I, I love this. and I've, I've caught myself being angry and uh, when they did come back I stopped listening for like two or three episodes and I was like you know what I don't want to be that guy so I'm going to do my best even if I only have one or two listeners I'm going to do my best to please those one or two listeners uh as much as possible and maybe one day I'll get from that one or two to turn to 100 200 and then a thousand okay. and so <laughs> but yeah that's but again I don't I just don't know quit I always just want to kind of keep going and until I essentially fail. So that's okay. my thing. I think you have a good thing going with your channel, a good uh, mission ahead of you as well. Cause I think it's, it's really captivating of your personality and then being able to highlight others and share their experiences as well as yours. So it really helps a lot of other people out there too. Yeah. But I know you, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like I said, with me, it's more of a, I just went from going from, you know, talking and planning to actually doing for as long as I've known you, you've always been a doer. 
<laughs> like I remember in Aviano, you just always had these plans to like, you know, let's do this to make money. Let's try this. Let's go here. Let's do this. I was like, man, like calm down. Like, let me relax. <laughs> Take I'm, a chill, Bill Cruz. <laughs> I, I, like, you know, I, I'm tw- I'm 20 years old. I'm 20, 21 years old. Man, let me get drunk for the first time. Like, let me party out in public <laughs> for the first time. And like, while everyone's partying, you were the guy who was like, hey, I'm I'm planning this to make money. Like, it's like two o'clock in the morning and I'm drunk. Like, don't message me about making money right now. <laughs> that, yeah, I think that yeah, my my first place was actually where I got started with the whole entrepreneur. Norship journey. I'm not, I mean, I'm saying, not saying we didn't have good times partying because we did. That was my favorite right. place to, you know, explore and get out there. I, I miss that location too. But that's where I, you know, you know, growing up in the military, young, dumb, A1C, spending money on, you know, booze, partying, girls, stupid stuff, you know. If I could go back, I would have done it all different and focus more on preparing for your future. But I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that I didn't enjoy those times. You know, you only get that experience once in your life. But I just wish I had more mentorship and guidance back then. We, I would have so been a lot faster on track so what, now. So what got you from, because last time I was, I guess I really talked to you was the whole, um, I know you're still doing it. The more, is it the morale project? Or yeah, the morale check. Actually, you know, I'm wearing yeah. a shirt too. It's yeah, patriotic it. American. <laughs> and if y'all are watching this, make sure you hit down in the description below. I'll post a link to my clothing brand. It's a veteran military humor clothing company this says patriotic american it's a pun off of that star wars tv show with the mandalorian the, yeah the mandalorian yeah. but yeah so i started that i want to say a year and a half ago almost two years now yeah i started that um and it's really been an awesome experience too because not only with the mission to give back to veterans i'm able to create create art and put it on apparel and I mean, not even if not if people don't even end up buying it for me. That's the process of doing it is fun for me, and then it expands your skill sets too. But what I really want to do is when I go back to the states is really push the brand more because I'm kind of limited here in Germany. I don't hold any inventory here because of taxes and all that, so everything is drop shipped from a third party. So everything right. I order, someone else ships from the states. But that's something I really want to start pushing harder when I get to the states. And especially all my guns are in the States too. And we're a gun company. You know, we love guns, patriotics. So I can't do that over here. Have you found much of a, have, I guess in the, in Germany, have you found many people who are on board for like, you know, buying clothing or like buying like patches or whatnot? Yet you sold? As far as, yeah, I'd say so. I have had a lot of friends and then even just random people too, that would see the brand online and buy some stuff. Uh, but as far as like people, I guess having the same mindset as us and stuff, I feel isolated here too. I don't have a lot of people that I can resonate with and have the same mindset with. And I, I kind of, I'm on board with you, how I feel like I'm kind of misplaced. You know, I'm the one that I'm not trying to make it sound like we're better than everyone. Cause I, we're not, you know, we're just, just different. Humble. different we're just thinking. different, you know? And that's one of the hardest things about being out here too, is that you got to have that support group and those, group of people that are on the same track as you to really push you. But I think that's the cool thing about today's society is technology. I mean, you can have mentorship or friends anywhere in the world and stay, you know, connected like this, what we're doing now. Definitely. I think 2020 is forcing a lot of people to step out of a, a a big comfort zone that we have, which is like going out in public and making friends or making things Mm -hmm. happen physically. Like I'm definitely having like th- without this lockdown, I wouldn't definitely would not have started this podcast. I don't think. Like I, I, I really, really wanted, I really wanted to like do it, but I, I was in the, I, I was still in the the planning stages, and I'm I'm the kind of guy who talks about it but doesn't like walk about it. And I was like, you know what? I have time. I'm not. I refuse to be 
that guy who sits around and plays Xbox all day. So I'm just going to start planning this and I'm going to do it. And I, I did it. And I think this, I, I would never call anything that's, that's such a, such a tragic moment, uh, a blessing, but it's, it definitely, the situation definitely forced me to be a more creative person. I'll say that. Use my words. No, I, def- I definitely hear you on that. And to push back to the whole situation going on with this whole, you know, pandemic, I think it's been a blessing in the skies in some ways uh, because it's really forced a lot of people, like you said, to step out of their comfort zone. It really changed things up and it really made people get out there and take action because you have the free time to do it now. What the hell's holding you back? You got all the free time in the world. For those that are essential workers, I mean, you're still having to go to work, but you still have more free time because the mission and job isn't the same as what it regularly would be. Right. And that even goes back to, so if y'all don't know, I was exposed to this whole virus back on the 2nd of April and I was actually hospitalized like a week later, a week and a half later. And I'm still recovering now. I have a slight cough. But when I got to the hospital, the doctors, they checked my my pulse and my respiratory system. And they said my breathing levels were at a 93. They put this thing on your finger. And that's like a heavy chain smoker's lungs. And they said a healthy person wow. is 100. Yeah, it was crazy, man. I was scared. Because the first week, it just felt like regular symptoms, like the flu. I had a fever. Uh, chills. Uh, my legs felt like they were gonna cramp up like crazy. If you looked at, if I looked at my leg, it looked like they were about to be a Charlie horse that's about to pop off. And if, for me, it was hard to sleep because of it, because my whole legs were just aching. But by day seven, day eight, like I could barely breathe. I could only take like a three second breath. I couldn't even have a conversation like this. So it was really scary for me. But to go really? back to make, yeah. But to go back to this whole pandemic making people stronger, I think once I got this virus and I was in the hospital, it really strengthen my mindset and resiliency because i mean beforehand before this whole thing i mean i was still a go-getter i'd still you know push towards my goals but once i got this virus i was like shit this can't happen to me you know i'm still young i'm active i can't get this virus i mean i thought i had it back in december already too uh, but i was like I, I can't get this and i ended up getting it and then i was like you know what there's people dying from this thing and i you know i could potentially die and that's what was like a wake-up call and it was gave me a different outlook on life too and it really i think pushed me 10 times harder to now go laser focused 100 percent into anything i do so, so that's the positive thing i'm looking at this see that's the scary thing for me because i thought you know that same mindset you know i was like you like everyone was like oh if you're young you're fine you're not gonna catch it and like, not to put a slight towards older people or anyone with like a grandparents or aunts and uncles with like underlying issues but I was like, oh, you know, I'm fine. I'm, I was the kind of person I was like, oh, it's, if, if we're young, we're fine. Like, not many people are catching. You know, the, the typical, what everyone was saying on Facebook, you know, uh, it's like a bad flu, this and that. Yeah. And then it's I started. worse. Yeah. Then I started having people who, I people I know were, were catching it. Or people I know mm-hmm. work in the hospital were saying like, yo, this is serious. Like, like, like people were like dying overnight. Mm-hmm. Like, like fast. And like, no, they'll catch it. And like within a, two days, like their lungs are just filled with liquid, filled with like, I saw an x-ray and they're like, this is like two days once uh, the virus was confirmed. And it was like, the picture was like all white and it was like the lungs and it was just full of fluid. And I was wow. like, that's in- like, that's insane. Yep. And then like, you know, then I saw uh, recently like on Facebook, you know, that you had it. And I was like, I was like how did like, you know, like yeah, you got, I, for someone who like, cause you said you had seasonal asthma, you know, that was like yeah. the peak of your, that was like the peak of your, <laughs> you know, your underlying issues. Yeah. yeah. And then was, I was like, Yo, this is like so. I messaged my, my other friends about you. I was like, "Yo, my friend, like he's younger than me, and and he's just as healthy as I am, if not healthier." And he has this, and he like he essentially felt like he was gonna die. 
And so it, it kind of was a wake up call to uh, to me, seeing, especially seeing you have it. Because like I said, you're <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not sure if you, because you used to be really big in the gym. But I'm not sure about you yet. Essentially, just as healthy not as, as soul you, as you right? anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, my whole life revolves around just lifting weights. Like that was my profession at one point. So, but yeah, man, that was, that's scary. Like, so, I mean, excuse me. So they, did they keep you in the hospital the whole time or like? Yeah. So when I was hospitalized, I think it was the seventh or eighth. I was there for seven days straight and like dude every day my routine the first three days i couldn't really do much i was so exhausted i had this long ass like cable that goes to the respirator or oxygen yeah. tank and it wasn't those really severe oxygen tanks like in the icu uh and the difference between a general ward and icu because i was in a general ward but the difference is icu is an intensive care unit so it's if you really have severe symptoms there's doctors monitoring you 24 7 and they have all these machines attached to you to perform the basic human functions that you can't perform anymore. For me, I was still able to breathe on my own. Luckily, I had the respirator, which helped right. me breathe even more. And I was able to, you know, still walk around. I, I was, you know, still hurting though, but I was able to do things on my own without the help of, you know, machines. But the schedule I had in there was every morning they'd come in at like 7 a.m. And they'd give me breakfast and it felt like a prison, honestly, because the breakfast there <laughs> was just bread and cheese. And it wasn't even like the good bread. It was like, is this, is this on the base or is this in the economy? Off base. Yeah. I was in oh. Guy Lincurtion, local oh, area. Wow. Yeah. So it was kind of scary too. Not everyone spoke English. So I was they, I was asking them questions. They're like, oh. And the German, <laughs> German like, artist sounds kind of angry and aggressive. So you're like, oh my God, I'm dying. Oh my God. This yeah. is it. This is, this is it. <laughs> Let me just like, they're, the they're, questioning my, they're questioning how long I have. This is what they're saying. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's... The, yeah, it was scary, man. Okay. I mean, the, for, so for breakfast, it was just bread and cheese. And then for lunch, that's what I always look forward to. Is a, it was a hot meal. So it, it was like B, BMT from my men's. I was thinking, okay, go from breakfast, then from breakfast to lunch, and from, from lunch to dinner, and then from dinner go to sleep that's how i for planned seven. my days out yeah for seven days straight i didn't so have can, a shower in there i wore the same yeah that's what i was gonna ask you so like so like that whole experience like could, could anyone visit you like was anyone allowed no no one could visit you at all just the nurses of course and the doctors but every time they came in the room they had their full like ppe personal protective equipment on yeah them. they always had to take their gloves off sanitize so it was just them and i had a have... button i could press for them to come in and you like I, I'm not sure uh, about yourself. Like I have a bit of, excuse me, anxiousness when it comes to, excuse me, isolation or things that are taking me out of my norm. Uh, did you find yourself like being anxious? Like, I guess, or reaching a point where maybe not depression, but just fear, like I'm by myself, <laughs> like essentially 20, 23 hours a day, you know, for that, like you maybe had one hour of interaction with nurses and doctors, but, <laughs> but 23 hours a day, you're by yourself in a room. I think if I didn't have my iPad or my phone, I would have definitely felt that. But because I had my iPad with me and my phone, um, I think that really mitigated that and relieved those that that feeling like you're talking about. Because everyone was hitting me up, you know, like messaging me, telling me, "Hey, we're praying for you." I, you know, we're all thinking of you. People were calling me, and I mean, I couldn't talk to everyone because I could barely talk at the time. But just them constantly checking in on me and talking to me gave me that inspiration and hope that. Hey, all these people care about you and all these, these people want to see you push through this. And that's what kept me going through. I mean, yeah. I never had that feeling like I was going to die. I never had that feeling like, Oh shit, this is it. I'm going to toss the towel. I'm going to die tonight. I mean, I, I got scared though, that I couldn't breathe. That's the only thing that scared me, but I never had that feeling. I think with this virus too, 
once you start letting those thoughts get into your head, yeah, that's when it eats at you. Because I remember when I first got the virus, I was watching all these YouTube videos on statistics of death yeah. and what this what happens, what's the timeline like, and that's what was freaking me out. And then when I was in the hospital, I was just watching recovery videos, all the people that recovered, what they did to recover. And something I came across was uh, all the guy, a lot of the people that recovered, what they were trying to do was stay active. And that, normally you would think, okay, if you're sick, you want to sleep all the time. Right. But because this virus is fighting your body and your body's trying to fight it itself, your body is actually doing more harm to your itself than the virus. And just laying there nonstop and not doing anything is really bad for you. So I, I tried to walk around in my room as much as possible. I had my Fitbit on. I would make sure I did 5,000 steps a day. This was like day three because the first three days I couldn't. Uh, but I was walking around 5,000 5, steps. This was after I had my lunch so I could burn off the food. And then I'd even do a little workout too. The last uh, last half of the week, I did push-ups. I did tricep dips on the chair. And then I did squats. But I only did like, I think it was five sets. And I only did like 10 reps each so for by five, so 50 in total. But that was my little routine to stay active. And then I'd watch Netflix on my iPad. Yeah. And then, yeah. So wait, so, so I guess being, I want to say a victim, because you were a victim, being that someone who had it, you know, who went through, survived, and thank God. Have, I'm not sure, because like I said, we've been overseas. And for us to look at the news about America, it's just, it seems like it's all negative. So I don't know about you, but I try to avoid it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've, I just recently downloaded Facebook again, mainly because I have to promote, you know, my podcast. And w- <laughs> unfortunately, you see the good and the bad mm-hmm. uh, or the misfortunate. And I keep seeing you know, protests going on in America. You know, in Damascus, like, I guess Americans feel as if... Um, they're taking America's taking away rights by t- asking people to isolate, uh, shutting down businesses, telling people to close things down. And I know that you, <laughs> I know personally that you're a very, you know, gung ho American. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a slight towards you or, or anyone that's, you know, full force. Like I love America myself, but uh, I got, I know you're somebody who's really open, like real open and well spoken about, you know, your support for America and like Trump and everyone, or just, it's just the, I guess the political situation going on in America. How do you, I guess, does that affect how you see or how you think in regards to the lockdown? Like, do you feel like they are taking away rights by locking America down? Now now that you, speaking from the other side of the table now, since you've Mm -hmm. gone through this experience. I don't think they're taking away rights necessarily. I think if anything, the government's looking out for its people because that's what they're doing over here too. In Germany, they're, you know, everyone's on lockdown. I mean, you can still leave your house. I mean, I don't think that right now there's no like, Oh, you can only go outside between the hours of this and this. That'd be a whole different thing. Uh, but if you look at China, for example, they have police completely locking people down. You can't even mm-hmm. leave. They have drones flying around, checking people, and then you get arrested. I mean, to go back to what you're saying is if the government is taking people's rights away, I don't think they're taking people's rights away. I think they're looking out for people. Uh, even the other day, I, I actually saw there was a protest in California. I think it was at one of the beaches. Mm-hmm. And they actually all got super close and try to riot or protest against this whole, you know, social distancing thing. And I think that's kind of ignorant, honestly. I mean, it's like you're putting everyone else at risk and you're putting yourself at risk. If not yourself, say you don't have, show symptoms and you get it. Now you're putting your family at risk or other people, but for them to protest, I mean, everyone has the right to protest in America, which I think is a great thing that, right. you know, you have the freedom of speech and stuff, but I think the way they're doing it, it's not, it's not productive and it's not moving in the right direction. It's 
doing more harm than good, honestly. And everyone's and to watching be, too, you know, around to the be world. clear, we're not, we, we're not claiming to be professionals. We're not claiming to be doctors. Uh, we're not political scientists or anything. We're just speaking our personal opinions and how we see things. So don't take what well, we, we don't, I'm not, I'm not speaking for all of the UK. He's not speaking for all of Germany and all the military. We're just speaking our personal thoughts and opinions. So don't take what we say to face value and <laughs> go from there. Um, but yeah, I feel the same. Uh, it, Cause initially I was that way. You know, I, I, living in the UK, it was not as bad as Europe and, well, maybe it is now, but uh, initially it wasn't as bad as uh, Europe or China. You know, we saw it, they saw it coming in the UK and they were like, all right, we're going to shut down for three weeks. And it's like, okay, you know, we saw it coming. Everyone's prepared, so they shut down businesses. And then it's like, after three weeks, they're like, oh, yeah, it got worse. We're going to do it for three more weeks. And Just people, but it. yeah, so unlike, but unlike America, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how the political system here works or how they have funding or things working here. But my friends are small business owners. You know, there are loans and things they can get, but, and like they're paying for and the government's paying furlough for people uh, working, people who have jobs. You know, I get, I think I get 80% of my pay, you know, and. This is in the UK, they're, they're paying you? Yes, yeah, so I, oh, I get wow. 80% of my normal pay. Do you have a UK uh, citizenship too? Uh, right. So as of now, I'm under my wife's visa. So I can get a vignette, which is like, which allows me to work in the economy. Okay. Uh, is your wife British? She's actually American. Okay. She's, she's oh my wife is yeah she's the U.S. Air Force she's CSS. Oh okay okay. So yeah. But because of you guys uh, been living there so long, you guys have visas or? Oh well, no. So in the U.K., uh, I'm not sure if it's everywhere, but I know in the U.K. Uh, they have they made it if a dependent wanted to work because I'm military dependent. If a dependent wanted to work off the military base. Uh, you had to apply for a work visa. Well, they changed that okay. so they can just add a vignette or like a little stamp in your passport. So uh, essentially, it's just, it's just saying like, okay, under the power of my wife, who she's working here, as a, uh, like she's legally allowed to be here per the military, I'm allowed to work off the military base as long as, she, as she's legally here under orders. Mm-hmm. So I had that little stamp. So I got, I've, been, I've had a job since, 20, since I moved here. I found a job and I've just been working like, at a bar, at a bank, off base. You know, it's... Finally, okay. but now I work at a gym, and um, so yeah, I get eighty percent of my normal pay. And it seems like the UK kind of isn't as panicky as America. I mean, people are getting restless, so we're getting st- because <laughs> essentially the weather ninety percent of the time in the UK is rainy, cloudy, you know, dre- dreary. It's like that here too in Germany. Yeah, and then <laughs> I think it affects sudden, everyone's mindset too. <laughs> yeah, but then all of a sudden the lockdown happened, and the sun has been beautiful. <laughs> like, yep. The day the lockdown happened is it, it was like some like spring and summer just decided to show its face and <laughs> and for like six almost like six weeks now people my friend we, we tan we sit out I, I know i have a garage gym i open my garage like do open garage workouts like no heater and it's great and mm-hmm. but the, the problem was we were running into i guess around week three was um people were going out in public in london and cambridge you know going out like and kind of ignoring the isolation rule they were like oh they almost started like a vacation and it became more laxed and the government, every night at 5 p.m., the government's like, hey, you guys need to stay inside. The, the, the death toll is going up. The peak is going up. It's like, we're not, you know, we're not reaching an end here. Hmm. And it reached a point where, like, they were, you know, got more serious. Like, everyone was like, look, you're, you're going to stay home. And, like, I think when they extended it longer, everyone was like, all right, maybe we should stay home a little bit. You know, uh, in the test, in the grocery stores, they have, like, the lines on the floor. Or, <laughs> and they have little ladies going around with sticks. 
uh, in the grocery yes. store. So if you're walking the wrong way, they like smack your leg or like tap you until you oh, turn around. This is in the UK. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they like have little like pokers that like point to the ground like, hey, because they have arrows, which way you should walk. And if you're walking okay. the wrong direction, they'll stop you until you turn around. Or like they'll poke their little stick and say, hey, move. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and it's, but it has to be because people get more lax. You know, they've, they've been getting lax, but like nowhere near is in America where, where to my understanding, there hasn't even been a full lockdown. It's been suggested, uh, you know, stay home, close some businesses there and there. But even now, I think they've, they're opening things back up. And they're in everyone's like, state too, right? yeah. And it's like, I was like, there's no way possible. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not professional, but the UK was waiting for their peak to hit before they start even planning uh, phases of getting out of the lockdown. Mm. And I was like, if the UK isn't, isn't even a fourth of the size of America, there's no pop. If we haven't reached our peak yet, there's no possible way America's reached their peak. You know, mm. t- like, <laughs> like Texas alone is bigger than the UK, like the entire UK. Bigger than Germany too, yeah. So it's like, there's no possible way the entire country has reached its peak. And then, you know, I think it's a, a double-edged sword with how much freedom America has. I love America's freedom. I think it's a great thing that we have such freedom of speech and freedom to go out and protest. And mm-hmm. I think that's what, what makes us stand out from other countries. I think on the opposite side of that is people tend to abuse that power and want to protest the things that uh, honestly, like, I never thought people would protest this. Honestly, yeah, people, people, yeah, like, I, I thought like, Oh, you know, like <laughs> this is an obvious problem. Like not just small third world country, like entire, excuse me, entire world. countries, like, biggest countries and big trade countries in the world are shutting down. Like there are like the moment they, they, they said there's no more flights, the moment they stopped doing cruises, the moment they stopped literally things that make rich people rich are stopped. Mm-hmm. I was like, so in my head, I'm like, Oh, this is serious. So for you to, I guess, take it lightly and be like, Oh, well, these doctors don't know what they're talking about. It's like, excuse me. <laughs> like when, when these doc, like these, my friends are doctors and nurses and they're working relentlessly like 12 hours a day every single day if not more putting their families and friends at risk uh, and their life at risk because and and you feel like you're and this is my anger and i excuse me if i'm offending anyone but it it, it honestly hurt it almost like makes me want to cry to think that like my country like like a lot of people are just like this isn't right you know you're an idiot this come out my everyone in the country is an idiot for wanting to take this virus seriously it's just a it's just a hoax and it's like what how can you say like when the media and real life when the media and doctors agree like stop stop what you're doing you know it's real because normally Mm -hmm. media and professionals don't ever agree with things and so when like the news and and like professionals are both agreeing like hey like preaching the same thing and even like the uh, political leaders all it's like a a perfect trifecta of hey maybe i should listen like political leaders Med- uh, medical professionals and media are all agreeing stop what you're doing and you don't and you're like i ah, i don't think I, I think i don't know what you're talking about like <laughs> you know it doesn't apply to me <laughs> yeah and it's it's almost like the air like i i compare america's arrogance to italians <laughs> like not arrogance, but just, just attitudes i'm not sure if you remember in italy but like the further south in italy you went the more was the, the less english they spoke mm-hmm. and so it was like, oh, you're in Italy, you should speak Italian. And it's, it's like the same way in America, you know, it was like, you're in our country, you should learn more about our country. It's the same way in America. It's like, we're so proud and boastful about like, you know, being American, you're here, you need to get with the program. But it's like, maybe you should like kind of pay attention like to what's going on everywhere else in the world and not just America, because this is a worldwide issue. This is yep. just a fact. Like, 
what happens when all the other countries who abided by these, you know, rules that were put in place by their government, they open up, but America still suffer from these issues. You know, think about the long-term repercussions. The major, America is a major trade uh, country. How can you, if you can't fly or ship anything in and out of your country due to uh, risk of contamination or risk of the virus, how do you make money? Yep. And my wife currently works in a post office and they got brief, you know, hey, <laughs> the virus can be on boxes, it's on plastic, so wear gloves, wear a mask. And it's like, that's scary. It's, it's, and then like you get told in the news, hey, it's in the air. People, if people sneeze, it's, it's up to six feet in the air. It's just lingering there. So, you know, be careful. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but not the, sorry, not to bring down the mood. I just, I get really passionate about because <laughs> I've been stuck, <laughs> stuck in the house for six weeks. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, I, mean, no, I think the, the I think the media definitely scares people. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's not all of their intent for every different broadcasting company. But that's why I don't really watch the news too much, is because it's always designed around fear with the public, and they're always all every time I turn on the news, it's always negative stuff. So I I'm all about trying to stay positive and grow yourself, grow your mindset. You know, just continue pushing forward. That's why I don't watch the news too much or dig into that too much. Yeah, listen, you living in Germany is, Germany is beautiful. So it's like I have better things to do than to sit at home and see what's going on on the news or see what's going on on TV where I can just go live my life, you know? I don't even I don't even have regular TV here, too. We only have Netflix, and every time we just yeah. want to watch a movie, we try to, we have to stream it, so. Yeah, same. So, like, how much longer do you have in the military? So I have exactly, so it is now May. So next month will actually be my nine-year mark, June 14th. So on that day i'll have exactly one year till my separation date but i'm applying for this program called the duty skilled bridge program what it is uh, in a nutshell is it allows you to uh, intern with a company during your last six months of your enlistment so that'll put me at january if i'm approved so okay. if i get approved i would be done with the military in january which is in what so it's may june july august september october november december that's eight months so if i get approved i'll be done in eight months which is crazy and I'll be interning with a, a real estate company in California. I'm working on my real estate pre-licensing courses right now. Right. And I plan to test before I go back to the States and all right, when I'm in the States and then intern with this company for those six months. And you still get paid by the, by the military too. That's a cool thing. You still get paid. So you have a paycheck coming in while you're interning. And then once I hit my separation date in June, I'm going into the IMA reserve program and then I'll be a civilian doing real estate full time. Are you able to take advantage of all the VA benefits if you're a guard or reserve? I'm not because I'm not familiar with them. So I'm not too familiar on VA benefits and stuff. That's what I wanted to ask you since uh, when you retired, they went through everything with you. And I have went through TAPS already as well. TAPS is the transition assistance program. Like what Justin was saying earlier, it allows you all military members separating or retiring. They have to go within like a year or some time frame. Right. And you can go up to two times. So like I went last year already and because they had an available slot and now i'm about to go again in may i'm supposed to but i don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> thing is going yeah. on so I'm probably gonna get pushed back further but um with the va i i don't know how it works in the garden reserve too much i just know that if i do get a va rating i cannot collect a va paycheck during the month that i'm on guard oh, so or reserve duty to okay, my understanding so that's really good. So the other 11 months, you can still you can still get it. Exactly. But there's oh, also stipulations to that too. So if I was rated at like 100%, I 
I'd have to get a medical waiver as of course, you know, with the military, there's a waiver for everything, but that's what my in-service recruiter said. If I get a hundred, I mean, I'm not trying to get fully full disability. I mean, but even my friend even told me that has a hundred percent is that just cause you have a hundred doesn't mean you have your arms blown off and all this right. stuff. It, it just means you have a lot of issues with you medically and it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you can't perform your duties or work still. So say I got a hundred hypothetically speaking, I could still do the reserves if I got the waiver approved and a medical, uh, right. I guess, authority figure approves my package still. And they, they, would just, just, they would just adjust your job accordingly to... As long as my I'm not like limited on performing my duties. So right. if I can do all my work still with no issues, but I still have a rating, it's okay to my understanding. And, and this is based off of the research I've done and then also my in-service recruiter. So yeah. In, I said you're doing you're on the right path. Uh, with me, it was I said I went through taps, and I wish I had gone through twice. I didn't know you could go through twice at the time, and I found out afterwards when I was in. But I was already like two months out from leaving. But I went through, and it was so much information, and I I kind of got what I could out. But I remember my biggest thing was when you go talk to the VA about your um, benefits or like not your benefits, your um, disability. You know, they, they it was actually they sit you down in front of like a small table. And they have your file, your file of just all your medical work, and oh, they, wow. they, they kind of just, yeah, since you've been in, and they go through it, and it's almost like they ask you, you know, what do you want to talk about, or what do you want to claim? And for me, I was like, oh, you know, I hurt my knee when I was in the military, and I was on crutches for a while, and uh, <laughs> and it's like I had a rash when I was I lived in Guam, uh, but that was it. And um, coming from, but I was like, oh, maybe I'm not. I'm not I might have like all like if I can get like forty percent, you know, that'd be enough. That's enough to like you know have a car payment, you know, a nice car payment once a month. And uh, I remember he was like, "All right," so he's like, "Oh, we see. I see here that you." What I find like, "I see here that you, you know, you went to mental health." I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, they kind of diagnosed me with something called adjustment disorder. You know, I was an Aviano. I went through this depressive stage, and I had I was forced to see um, uh, a chaplain came actually came to my job and like didn't force me. He's persuade me in a very forceful way to, like, <laughs> yeah it, it was it was one of the situations where it was like he was a major and i didn't want to be rude and he picked me from my job and he's like took, took, my, took me to my dorm room he's kind of sat there and he was on the floor and he's like oh he's like so you want to go to mental health and i was like no man i'm fine like, i'm not gonna kill myself or anything i'm just you know just going through a lot you know i'm not, not a ma- i'm not a maintenance person by trade in my like on, on the outside so i'm forced to be a crew chief and it's not my thing and he was like, no, I think you should go to mental health. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go. He's like, oh, well, it looks like you have a new roommate. <laughs> so he like lays on the floor. He like lays on the floor. He laid on the floor. floor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's really not going to me. <laughs> Which in hindsight, I thank God for him because uh, if something did happen to me, uh, if I did decide, you know, to end my life or something so tragic, uh, it would have fallen on him because he talked to me and he didn't, you know, like he could, anything could have happened. But yeah, I was, so I went to mental health. And so, yeah, they, they saw that in my file. He was like, oh, yeah. He's like, you can claim that. I was like, okay, I'll claim that. You know, then the rash I had on Guam, I, I assumed it was a bad, like, derm- like, I went to a dermatologist and I thought I had a bad skin rash. And turns out in Guam, uh, a lot of people, so if anyone's been to Guam and you get a skin rash, uh, listen to this. <laughs> Apparently the water is toxic in Guam. <laughs> a lot of what? the water is toxic because of the war that happened there, or the battle that had, battles that happened there or whatever. Uh, a lot of, like, un- unexploded ordinances are in the water and a lot of just... You know, it's, it's a lot of still water. A lot of the stagnant water areas are really, really like just bad. Like bad. Like it was like I think it was a thing I saw a, a news article I read, like testing the water in Guam. And my friend worked at my friend worked at public health, and a lot of like the still water in Guam, where people went swimming, like the little lakes and the 
little ponds and whatnot people were swim, swimming in, they were essentially just like toxic. And wow. apparently, I caught, I caught, like a lot of people were catching skin. When I was there, people were catching skin rashes. Uh, so I claimed that, and that, that was like, I think on its own, like 10%, you know? Okay. And um, so I get a pretty decent amount of disability now uh, between mental health, uh, my knees, uh, and like that. And um, I actually, I want to talk to the VA, because you can talk to them as much as possible once you're out. But while you, if you talk to them while you're in, uh, before you actually separate 100%, they, they put you as a priority. So whereas uh, the people who are regular veterans, they have to be seen, uh, they have to wait in like the waiting list while if you're active duty, they put you at the top of the list uh, to prioritize you. Yeah, so, that, so, I, so, so yeah, in 30 days I had my, my rating and you know, I was like, it said like, you know, this percent. I was like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's way more than I thought it was going to be. And so with that, and it's like, you know, they put you on the, I think over 40%, you can apply for like disabled veteran benefits, uh, such as like when you're applying for like a federal job, you, know, okay. you can disabled veteran. Uh, over forty percent, you qualify for uh, something called. Um, oh, it's for college. I can't remember the name, but it's for college though. I can't think of the name up right now. Is that yeah, a loan? You, yeah, no, it's not even a loan. It's like they they give you a vocational vocational rehab. Okay. You apply for you apply for you apply for you can you can uh, apply for voc rehab, and it's pretty much like a. Like additional free schooling, I guess you can say, without explaining oh, too much. Wow. Like it's uh, benefits or tuition assistance? Um, it's more of a, they put you through a course or like a class or like, not a class, but like a course study or a program. Say, if put you through a school, say you wanted to, say your job in the military was, uh, you were a medical, uh, med tech or like a nurse or something in the military. And you couldn't do that because your disability they put you through a, co- a course to give you an equivalent of that job on the outside, essentially. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. I haven't used it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not proficient at it. I'm not hundred percent on it. Uh, there's VA people I can talk to. I just haven't had a chance to do it. Uh, you can also go talk to the VA after you're out. So uh, once you're out, once you're in, you're in. And uh, so yeah, if you ever want to like change your benefits, I actually want to go talk to them about my hearing. Cause I've been losing hearing in my left ear and I, and everyone told me, oh, you should get, did you not get tinnitus on your disability? And everyone that was in before, I was like, no, it's a thing. And they were like, yeah, like if you're a maintainer, if you're a cop, anyone that deals with loud noises, uh, they can almost you know, tell you, you you're going to have tinnitus because uh, you're around loud noises all the time. Yeah, you're going to be exposed to the loud noise. So, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, if you just make sure whatever you, if, even if you stubbed your toe, you went to the doctor for it, anything you went to medical for, write that on, on your list or write mm-hmm. that on your, uh, VA list because they can claim anything that's service related is going to help you and your benefits. <laughs> okay. So you said you got over 40%, if you don't mind me yeah. asking. Well, okay. well over 40%. Okay. <laughs> so it's com- I'm, I'm comfortable with how much I have. I And like I said, I want to go back for my hearing. So hopefully that'll give me a little bit more. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's and it's helpful because it's for the rest of your life, you're getting this money. <laughs> and it's... Yep. And it's, and it's like, it's not like a, you're taking advantage of anything. Because at first I was like, oh, I don't want to be that guy who's like, you know, being accused in the government. But it's, it's that's what it's there for. Like this, mm-hmm. they literally set you, like you, you served your time in the military. You get, you risked your life and you served your, your country. They, they're rewarding you. We're well, not rewarding you, but they're benefiting you now by compensating you for the, yeah. what you sacrifice. And I, yeah. I like, I like what you're saying too. I don't think you're taking advantage of the system in any way, as long as you're being honest about what you actually have right. wrong with you, you know, as long as you document everything, what they, they told me to, you may make sure you document every single medical problem that you've had in the military, because even, thing. 
even a zero rating where the VA rating mm -hmm. is zero, it might look like it's nothing, but it's a zero. So it's a percentage. Whereas if it says nothing at all, and you try and go mm -hmm. in after the fact, when you get out, it's way harder to get any percentage. Yeah. It's like, as long as you have some kind of something like, because I, I have this X percent of disability, I guess I have 70% disability, but, um, a lot of things I claim, like a lot of things that are showing like the, the 70 percentage of what, what, it, what they're paying out for is only like three or four things. Whereas I, I have a list of things on that list that they saw. Mm -hmm. So I can always go back to see me, be seen for uh, like my eyesight or um, me like hurting my arm or something, so, you know, something along those lines. As long as and they, they link it to being service related, you can get paid to compensate for it. No, I definitely agree with that. Like as long as you get every single thing documented, even if you don't have it right now, but you've had it in the past, as long as it's on your medical record, then it'll help you in the long run. Cause at least it's written down there for you. Uh, when you went through that process though, do you, what was it like? Was it very, you know, complicated to get everything documented? Was there a final approver when you went through and was that like your last week in the military? And then when did you get your first, your first uh, VA disability check? Uh, it was actually pretty easy. Like, like, like I said, as long as you do it while you're in, that's the easy part. My, my best friend did it when she was out because uh, she was just in a hurry to get out and she's had, she's just recently got her first check and she got out before I did. Oh, and wow. it's just really difficult. So why you, if I, I, I recommend, highly recommend if while you're in, you get, try to get as much done as possible. Cause like I said, they put you on a priority list, but, um, it's super easy because like, because your priority, they get your appointments like the next week, the next month, uh, every day, like it's, it's almost like everything goes super fast because, but the problem is instead of, you know, when you're in processing, you're out processing a base, they tell you where to go with this. It's like you figure it out on your own, but once you figure it out, you have control of when it happens. So, you know, you they're like, all right, you need to call the VA and schedule this appointment. It's like, all right, cool. I'm going to call the VA. Uh, you need to go here and do this. Like, all right, I'm going to do this. Instead of, like I said, while you're in the military, they, they kind of take care of you. When you're getting out, <laughs> like you're on your own. Oh, but yeah. like, but it's really fast. Like it happens. Like I think I started the whole process when I was in, I got out in April. My leave started in March. So I want to say January, I started the whole thing. January, December time, I started the whole thing. And I was done by February, March. So maybe two, three months. It took me to get everything done with the VA, uh, all my appointments and everything to get seen. Uh, they call you into a VA appointment. Like, so you go see the VA, a person that he comes to base, like maybe twice a week when I was uh, in South Carolina. So one of those twice, one of those two days that, you know, you go see the VA guy and he comes to base, runs through your list. Then he's like, all right, I'm schedule an appointment to go see the actual VA uh, doctor or VA um, building facilities, uh, which is in South, which in South Carolina, it was in Columbia. I think it was. So you're talking, I'm going to send you to Columbia and you're going to go to, you're going to go to your appointments. I was like, okay, cool. So you go to your appointments. They do the, do the military workup, you know, check your knees, check your body, check your list. And you're like, all right, is there anything different you want to claim or anything you want to add to your claim? Don't be shy. <laughs> if, if your eye is itching that day, like, oh yeah, I have this eye, little twitch, anything, because that's going to be in your file for the rest of your life now. And so, yeah, after, after that, you're done. And I will say, so I, that was done. And you don't get your first check until you're out of the military because you technically can't connect, collect uh, disability while you're active. Yeah, it's like I was saying how you can't have two paychecks so while you're in the dorm. I got out April 17th. No, I, I think because my yeah my terminal leave started in March. I got out April 17th. My first check was like May, May 1st. Oh, wow. So not even a, a month then. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So when people tell me like, oh, I've had such a bad time with the VA and this and that, it's like, I can almost guarantee it's because they didn't put forth a real effort to try to get things done. They didn't uh, prepare and plan ahead. Yeah. Like I, okay. I was so big on like, I have to get everything done. I'm such a planner. 
that like when I, I was like, this is my date. And like, so I had my disability rating. Cause I think I checked, I was on a, I was on a flight back to the North Carolina for a wedding. Cause I was living in Vegas at the time. Um, yeah, I checked in the airport. I think it was like April, cause I got April 17th. I checked, I think I checked like April 20th and it was like, Oh, you have 70% disability. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, that's how like, they, so they email you your rating. They don't tell no, you. No, no, your no. Last appointment? They, they don't even email you. They, <laughs> you just log onto your, cause you make an e-benefits account and you log onto your e-benefits and you just check your e-benefits account. And it's like, Oh, there's your rating. It's like, it's like, there's no notifications. There's no nothing. Oh, wow. Like they don't tell you at your appointments. Like you won't find out at your appointment. Like, uh, yeah, you won't find out. They, cause do they, they, have to do, do they tell you an estimate? Okay. I think you're going to be around it. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, so whenever, whenever, cause everyone told me the same thing. Everyone's like, Oh, you know, you'll get this amount for this. If you say this and they should hint to you this. No, it's like they, their, their job is to sit there, assess you and then send this assessment off to someone else. So if they tell you information, they could be wrong. Uh, so I mean, you might have someone nice, like, oh yeah, I've heard this and this and that, but like essentially they have to do, like doctor does their check, then they send it to like a, I don't know what it's called, but a person that assesses your service related injury and they determine your disability rating based off, based off that. I see. Okay. So, and then you yeah. got your first check in, uh, you said it was May. Yeah. So you make sure you set a direct deposit on your, make sure you set your e-benefits account. Don't forget the password because they have to like mail you a new password. <laughs> you do. So create that and write down that password. You have to change like every 30 days. But um, yeah, so that'd be so be direct deposit and yeah, like the first of the month or the end the end of the month, I guess you could say if you have USAA. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, you'll have your first check in your account. Okay, well, so it's once a month as well, right? Yeah, once a month for yeah the rest of your life. Okay, no, that, I think that's one of the biggest benefits too. On top of the VA loan and stuff, is just the disability check that you can get out of the military. I don't want to say yeah. get because that sounds bad, but that you are compensated out of the military yeah. for your service. Because like you said, it is for the rest of your life. So that could be a million dollars, you know, in, in total by the end of your life term. Um, but the biggest thing is just make sure you plan ahead and prepare too. Because I think for me too, that's what I'm relying on when I get out of active duty. I'm not going to have a paycheck. So as long, when I'm in that program, okay, I'm taking care of those six months. But what happens once June 13th hits, that's the day I'm completely out of activity. Where am I going to get my money? That's yeah. when I'm hoping I'll be... I don't want to say helping actually I that's when I know I'm going to be doing proficient and be confident in real estate and that's when I know I'm going to be pushing uh leads out getting leads in and making money through that and then also my side businesses but with the VA disability if I get a good rating that'll be an extra you know amount of money that'll help supplement whatever I'm making and then also if you are using have you used your GI bill yet yes uh look I was fortunate enough to have almost a bachelor's degree while I was in so I got my, I got I spent like a, maybe a year of my GI Bill getting finished my my bachelor's degree, and then I'm doing my master's right now. So I think I still have a little bit of time, I, I, well, years left. But okay, yeah, I think you get I think 36 months. Yeah. So did you use the post 9/11 or did you mm -hmm. use those two? I, yeah, cause I think at some point in time, I, I think it was after us they stopped selling the Montgomery. I think, okay. I think I think it was after us because I when I joined they were talking about it, but then I think the class next to me were like, oh, we only got off the. Uh, Post on eleven, although yeah, but yeah, uh, I highly recommend, especially when you go through. I think go through taps. They tell you about it. Like listen, listen to the Montgomery GI Bill, and I was like, that doesn't make sense. Why would you? Why would you take the, the lump sum right up, up front, and then like something happens, and <laughs> you might have to pay it back. Or, you know, it just seemed kind of risky to me. Whereas the Post on eleven was like, all right, you just get paid every month for school, and they cover everything else. So yeah, like, oh, that's that, easy. <laughs> yep. 
And sorry to interrupt, but yeah, even with the post 9-11, that's what I'm relying on. So when I get out and say June timeframe, I'm working on my master's now. I'm trying to finish it before I get out. Uh, but with the post 9-11, the biggest thing with that is you get paid BAH. So that money that I'm getting paid for rent, essentially, it will help supplement the cost as well. And they're paying for, so you're, they're paying for your school. They're not paying for books. So you got to pay, pay out of pocket for that. But they're paying for the tuition oh. for the school. Well, for oh, master's degree, for, yes. For, no, for master's degree, yeah, you have to pay out of pocket. For bachelor's, okay. they, they covered it. For bachelor's, they covered it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so for whatever, if it's not a, a bachelor's, if it's a master's, you got to pay for your books. Uh, they pay for the tuition for the class. If there's any other extra fees or whatever for the course, technology fees, whatever bullshit, you yeah. got to pay for that too. But you get the BH too. So, and it depends on the area too. So, for me, I'm going back to California. As you know, California is a freaking expensive state to live in. Yeah. Depends on which school you go to, which, what area it's in, because that will determine how much you're getting paid. So if you go to like a, say like an Ivy league school where it's super expensive, the, the cost of living to live in that area is like, say, say $3,000 to 4,000, you, you'll yeah. get a month. That's a good amount, you know, to have well, see, supplemented. That's, that's, that's something I didn't realize until I was, I went through taps where uh, I was like, Oh, I'm going to move overseas. They're like, well, are you going to school online? And I was like, yeah. Like, well, if you go to school online, you only get 800. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, if you go to school online, you only get like a portion, which is 800. You only get $800 a month uh, for every total for like okay. your BH. So no matter where you are in the world, if you're going to school strictly online. Now that changes though, if you, I'm not sure, I'm sure they told you this. If, you, if you're going through, if you go through an online class, a hybrid class, so long as you have, if you have one sit down class a month, mm -hmm. uh, you'll get the full BH. So I did yeah. that when I was stationed here or living here and I was making, uh, a lot because of overseas, but I had one sit down class a month for, uh, okay. So, so that's like the little with... loophole then to get the full, yeah. collect the full BH. So you can use your post nine eleven overseas and can it be any mm -hmm. school or does it have to be a sponsored school? Uh, if you check the, I think it's like called vet.gov website, they have a school checker. So in all the schools that are approved GI bill in the world. Uh, so, uh, I, luckily, I was I was able to get on to I was driving to REF Lincoln Heath um, mm. once a month. I just got a hotel up there because it's about an hour and a half for me. But um, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, uh, if I have if I was to go to school, actually, if I was to go to school, I think in the economy, it would have been I would have gotten less money. Really? Okay. So, so which is which, really getting the benefits worth with the post eleven. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah, man. I, I take advantage of military benefits like getting out. I wish I had listened more when it came to the business loans and the home loans. I'm, I'm still learning about the home loans. Uh, I know you can't use the home loans overseas, I, unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, because the banks can't regulate uh, overseas. But um, but uh, are you looking at buying a property over there in the UK, or are you guys going to move to the states eventually? Well, I I want to eventually <clears throat> uh, own a own a house here, buy a house here in the UK. Uh, just because I love the UK so much, and I'd, I'd love to live here for the rest of my life. Like I want to come back here. I, it's beautiful. But um, <clears throat> but you can't use the VA home loan in the overseas. Like mm -hmm. it only applies to America. The business loan, I st I'm still learning about. Uh, I, like I said, I think I messaged you about it recently, or asked you about it. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I want to learn more about it because I want to open a business. You know, like, like I said, the creative brain always trying to go and do something new. But essentially, I might just use my VA home loan to buy a house in the states and you know rent it out, maybe <laughs> you know something. No, just take just, just to take advantage of that, of that benefit. You know, I have it. Well, what's the point of not having it and not using it? You know. Yeah. No. And so going back to the business loan, what 
business are you starting is it for the misplaced american or is it another business no i actually i actually hopefully want to start uh you know without giving too much information now i want to want to open an american bar in overseas oh cool like an american style bar uh you know everyone like being being in the uk i've noticed people love you know american things you know oh like you go somewhere it's like oh these are american style hot wings or american burgers or american style hot dogs and I was like, and you, you go try it as American, you're like, it sucks. <laughs> you know, like, this is not good. This is the not same American. Buffalo Wild Wings. What is this? Yeah, you know, the same TGIF. This ain't beat ups. Like, what's, what's, got here? what's going on? So I was like, you know what? Like, if I, if I was an American, it was to open an American bar and then have like American, like Southern people from my, like North Carolina come, like, make barbecue and like, you know, stuff like that. You know, that that'd sell. But, uh, but yeah, that's just, or even even in, in America, you know, have my Brit, one of my British friends can work for me in America and open a, a British pub because Americans love the way British people sound. You know, just those kind of ideas, <clears throat> hopefully one day in the future. Like, this isn't anything, <laughs> it's all in the planning stages and, you know, but, and I have my idea of how I want to do it. So I, I'm not afraid of telling people like that part of it, but I have in my head ways I know I can make this work. It's just finding out how to use take advantage of my VA benefits. I'm I'm learning about uh stock stocks and mark the stock market and all that stuff. So I've been putting money into that and making and losing money. <laughs> stocks. I think losing more so than making, but you know. Yeah, especially in the time we're in right now. And for those of you watching this video, we also I have a um Facebook group. It's called Vets to CEOs. What it is is we all collaborate together and it's only for military veterans or those that are still in the military. Of course it teaches and helps veterans that want to start their own businesses or those that are separating from the military want to start something and make a name for themselves. And it also is there to help those that are transitioning out. You don't necessarily have to have the entrepreneur mindset, but if you are looking for that helping hand or that mentorship or guidance, all the people in the, in the group, we're trying to form a community of veterans that are able to help each other. So if you guys go into the link below where well, I'm going to post the link there too, it's called vets to CEOs. It's a Facebook mentorship group. There's going to be some questions you got to answer before you get in to confirm that you are prior military, but yeah, make sure y'all check that out. But uh, Justin, yeah, to go back to what you were saying about stocks, yeah, the stock market is pretty crazy right now. Uh, for me personally, I always buy and hold, even with the stocks going down right now. And disclaimer, I'm not a professional finance advisor. So take <laughs> what you want from this, this is my personal advice, personal experience, but I always buy and hold index funds. And the way I see it, when the prices are going down, that is a discounted price for you to now buy into those companies. And it's all about the long-term wealth, not short-term, unless you're a full-time day trader and you have millions of dollars of, you know, just cash laying around to throw out there, <laughs> then I, I don't recommend short trading unless that's what you want to do as a full-time position or full-time job because there's people out there that do that. But I always go in for the long term, man. So with index funds and even individual companies, it's kind of scary to invest in unless you really know the company. Like if you look at the cruise lines and stuff. How so I was going to say that because I was a uh, because I'm just doing like the small stuff, you know, like here and there trying to learn about it. And because uh, I'm have i in a group chat with some other military friends who've been here for like 18 years and they have been in like eight deployments. So they have money put away. And one guy's like, oh, I just lost like 14 grand in like Amazon. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I was like, I have a heart attack. I was like, man, I think I have like 400 somewhere. And I was like, I was freaking out because it went down to like 395. But um, yeah, I bought a lot of in Carnival Cruise. Carnival Cruise is actually because Carnival Cruise and EasyJet, uh, which okay. is, uh, if you're overseas, you know, EasyJet is a really big, uh, cheap flight like Ryanair. And for a while, it was like, I want to say EasyJet was down to like almost $4 and Carnival Cruises were down to like almost 8 
And I was wow. like, so I was like, oh, I'm just gonna buy like you know 20 shares each, maybe just fuck it. Let me oh, excuse my language. Uh <laughs> like I was like, oh screw it, let me just let me just do it. And I bought it and it it reasonably jumped up, jumped up. I think I made like almost a little over a hundred dollars on each. Yeah. Like I was like, wow, like you know, and like, but I was looking like if they, if they get back to what they were prior to uh, the lockdown and all the coronavirus things, uh, it could easily <coughs> I could easily make off my shares like a little over a thousand dollars each. Mm-hmm. I was so, like, yeah, that's the good thing about investing in individual stocks. It is a lot more riskier, of course, because if that company goes bankrupt or you know yeah. shuts down, you lose your entire investment. So if you put ten thousand dollars into say let's say Apple, hypothetically speaking, and they go out of business, you just lost ten thousand bucks. Whereas mm-hmm. if you go into an individual stock or individual fund, sorry, it's more diversified. It's across like a thousand companies so if one goes bankrupt you still have 999 mm-hmm. companies you're invested in but yeah no like uh, i have money in uh carnival as well i bought royal caribbean i'm looking at delta right now as well a couple of my friends the other last i think it was the last quarter for may uh they looked at their portfolio and they their gains was crazy they made over i think their profit was like five thousand in a lot of the airlines they invested in, I'm like, holy cow, that's crazy, man. Because I have a friend that I wish I bought and I was looking at Tesla. It was like a month a month ago yeah. when this whole thing was going down. <laughs> Tesla oh, was like yeah. at a thousand or more. And then it dropped all the way down to 363. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, okay, with this whole virus, you know, the more that it continues to spread, the more unemployment rates go up. And the more, you know, I don't want to sound insincere, but the more people that are passing away, this is going to continue to have the stock market going down. It went the complete opposite. It went started going yeah. up, but I think it was also due to the Fed pump as well. I regret not doing Amazon, Netflix, uh, all the social media sites. Like everything I was looking at was which was affordable at one point. Now are like insane. I was like, oh man, I regret not doing that. Or one that people aren't thinking about gold. I actually had I think I put like five dollars or like five. I bought like five shares of this gold website, and I think I ended up making at one point twenty dollars, twenty five, thirty dollars off my five dollars from from gold, and I was like why is gold on the way up? You know, like something weird, you know, just weird things. You don't, you honestly, like I said, we're not professionals. <laughs> just like play with it. I, I have Robin hood. I use Robin hood app. You know, I just play with it and just like, look at, you know, what's falling, what's rising, you know, just research it. And I'd like, I look online, one of my friends, he, uh, he had a, uh, it's called the podcast It's called redirect. He had a, uh, a guy who does classes for stock markets. And he was like, you know, he told us, he told the listeners, uh, older people didn't really teach our generation about this kind of thing. And it was, and it was cause they were almost essentially, they were afraid of it. You know, like if you weren't rich, it was, this wasn't a poor man's game. So, and so if you didn't have like, you know, X amount of money, they, they didn't recommend you do it or even things about like credit cards or credit. And, but it's like, those sort of things that like people like, I guess where I'm from in my generation are afraid of, like, you know, I, I mentioned the word credit card to my friends or like my family and they're like, Oh, that's the devil. Don't get credit cards. But I have like eight, you know, and I at one point I had like a you know a seven eighty almost eight hundred credit score, mm-hmm. you know, and and just because I'm so I'm really good with managing my money and how like I, I know how credit works, I know how loans work, you know, I know how like your credit score works, and so like I I would rec- I just recommend to anyone that's afraid of stock markets, afraid of credit cards, afraid of loans, and doesn't and don't really know how I guess the credit score works, do as much research as possible. Otherwise, it's like you're gonna be when you reach 40 years old and you realize your credit score is like 600 and you were like, well, why can't I buy a house? You know, yeah, you, learn, you learn the hard way. I, yeah. I just to piggyback off of what you're saying, Warren Buffett, he, one of the greatest things he's ever uh, said to everyone. And he's one of the richest men in the world. He's one of the top investors. 
he says the greatest thing to invest in and not just stocks is yourself because when you invest in yourself i'm talking like it, not just necessarily formal education but just skill sets and learning and continue to increase your mind that's something no one can ever take away from you obviously unless you die or something but that's something no one can ever take away from you because that's the skill sets that you can offer to the marketplace so always invest in yourself always live below your means until your debt to income ratio uh is mm -hmm. is a lot lower and then um also always always invest for the long term and not the short term so those are my three biggest tips that i i wish i had someone tell me that when I was 18 years old and joined the military because yep. my spending would be a lot different. And like to go back to what you said, you had eight credit cards. Just because they have eight credit cards is not a bad thing. It's actually, yeah. for me, I think it's a good thing as long as you know how to manage your money because that's also called credit card hacking too. It's, a, it's a, If you guys look it up, it's a little growth yeah, that's, wealth that's, 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 that's a whole po a podcast for another day. Because <laughs> I could, oh man, I love preaching to my friends about the kind of thing. I'm like, yo, use this for these rewards, these for travel rewards, pay your, pay your bills with this one so you can get these reward points back. And I'm like, oh man, like, I just, it's like this podcast for another day. I know it's been, we've been going for a while. I'm not sure. Yeah, we can, we, can, we can do that in another future video. And for those of you guys yeah. watching, make sure you don't forget to subscribe to both our channels, hit the notification bell and comment below what you loved about this video so far. But to close things out, one more question. Do you have the Amex Platinum card? Uh, I don't, not Platinum. I just have the, I have the, the Delta regular blue card. Okay. So with... Just because sorry, I wanted, to, I wanted to play. I wanted to play with the first and see, like, what, if I if I was actually using it, because uh, because living in the UK, uh, MX isn't wasn't accepted everywhere. Uh, I would say the, the more the more is now the more is it being accepted now before the virus. I noticed it was being more accepted everywhere. So I think I'm I'm going to try to upgrade to this mainly because I travel a lot and I really I use Delta all the time and mm -hmm. I really hate. <laughs> It sounds sounds picky. I really really hate going through TSA, <laughs> so I want to do TSA pre-check. But um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm definitely gonna upgrade to that. Do you have it? Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to share with everyone: if you are active duty, one of the best credit cards that you can possibly have while in the military on active duty orders, you have to be active duty, is the Amex Platinum card, the American Express Platinum card, because it's the perfect uh, travel card. Now, necessarily right now is not a good time because you can't travel. <laughs> but what I love about it is you have access to all of the luxury lounges at every single airport in the world. You have so many benefits that you're entitled to as a platinum holder and you don't pay any fees. So when I say fees, I'm talking about the annual fees. So as an active duty military member, when you hmm. sign up for this credit card, you just send them your, your active duty orders and they completely waive that credit card fee every single year. So the personal platinum card, it's like a $600 charge per year. Mm -hmm. And then I also have the business platinum card. They have s different benefits as well. Uh, the business platinum card it's a little lower than that i think it's like 500 but still can you imagine paying five or six hundred dollars every single year but if you are active duty make sure you guys check out american express their platinum card i'll post a link below too disclaimer is it is an affiliate link if you do sign up with my link you will get sixty thousand points for the personal platinum card but if you have a business and you want to open a business platinum card you'll get fifty thousand points and that'll go to to you and then i'll only get like ten thousand but yeah disclaimer that is a referral link you don't have to use it it's just to help my channel grow and you know it's also an affiliate link but you can just go to the tell website my, as well tell my wife about that maybe she, she, she'll get some points on this help i'll send her i'll send her my affiliate link <laughs> <laughs> like, let me just plug this in here really quick but uh yeah yeah, yeah man, look this, it up, man this was a uh, this was good uh i definitely like this said this part of the podcast definitely has me thinking about another future podcast because like, so my brain's always going and i definitely want to do more to help more i guess veterans 
so we could maybe do a like a collab another again just for the page for like the facebook page just talking about veteran benefits uh things you could do on the outside credit loan like the most things that like I said as a one like young a1c's we didn't know in the military you know maybe helping out like you know new airmen like hey share this with your your young airmen friends or like people thinking about getting out of the military who don't have a plan you know uh that's something i definitely want to i didn't honestly didn't think about doing it until just talking to you so thanks for that Awesome. No, I, I think we'll definitely link up again. We'll share more videos with everyone and everyone watching, make sure you comment below. What future videos would you like to watch from both of us? What kind of topics do you want to see us speak about and share with you? Cause we'll definitely plan around the, those content strategies or content that you guys want us to create videos on to close things out with investing. I wish I had had a mentor back when I was 18 because a friend of ours, I'll tell you later, a friend of ours, um, He's been investing since he joined the military and he said it took him about eight to 10 years to hit a million dollars in his portfolio while still in the military. And I'm like, Oh my God. And he, and he was in his twenties still too. And I'm like, that is crazy. So the military is just like a, a extra amount of money in his pocket just to pay yeah. for groceries at this point. But I was like, man, if I had invest, started investing at 18 and I'm now 28 as of last, well, both of us are in March, actually, dude. I'm going to celebrate via Zoom next time. But yeah, <laughs> if I had invested at 18 and had put a lot of money into stocks or real estate or whatever. Or even high interest, high interest savings accounts. Like most, most mm -hmm. people don't think about those. Like I found one that at one point was 3% interest. Three and like they might sound like, but 3% is a lot of money. Like yep. considering most high interest savings account are maybe like point zero five percent or maybe even one percent interest. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's that's another topic we can talk tangent. about. It's a whole Let's go down that road. We should name our future podcast series like Whiskey and Veterans and Finance or something where we're drinking and oh, talking and everything. That would, that would go on for days. Actually, that's a really good idea. That's it'll get another, the juices flowing another, soon man another, another, another day another day <laughs> yeah but thank you all for viewing this video too and if y'all have any further questions make sure you comment below and make sure you subscribe to both our, our youtube channels and follow us on social media and also, I, spotify the misplaced american it's, it's it looks like me it's a bald guy with the map so <laughs> <laughs> yeah make sure you check them out on spotify so if they go on spotify they can just search you up and they can search download your the, podcast the, mis the misplaced american and just you can just follow there i say i post episodes every week uh I do my best to do that to keep people happy so awesome cool yeah so y'all just subscribe to us and we'll see y'all in the next video